Hey, Kansas City, you're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a weekly podcast from KCUR Studios. On this episode, a COVID long hauler lost her home. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to listen to it. She's trying to get the world's attention from her happy place in Missouri. When friends aren't putting her up in a hotel room and she doesn't have a house-sitting gig to fall back on, Amanda Finley goes camping, which is to say she lives in a tent at Weston Bend State Park. Make that tents, plural. Her main tent, which she thrifted for $7, has a leak, but it's roomy enough for her air mattress. The other tent is small, but it keeps her dry. So Amanda drapes the little tent over the big tent, and to her, the two-tent scenario feels like a major win, even if it doesn't look that way to the outside world. She tries to get the campsite closest to the little red cabin with bathrooms and laundry, but the real draw is the electrical outlet, because it allows her to keep her phone and computer charged. That keeps her connected to the rest of the world. Amanda's journey into these woods began on a Friday in March of 2020 when she came down with a cough. And it progressed over the weekend to the point where that Monday I could not move and I realized I needed help. This was before COVID-19 testing became widely available. Back then, you still had to qualify for a test if providers even had them. Amanda remembers going to a free health clinic. So she sent me down to the main campus to get a chest x-ray. The images of her lungs showed what's known as ground glassy opacity, a hazy white flecked pattern common in COVID-19 patients. It's pretty distinct. Up until that point, Amanda, who's in her 40s, had been delivering groceries for a living. She'd spent a lot of time in her car listening to news about the quickly developing pandemic. After seeing that chest x-ray, she went home, locked the door, got in bed, determined not to come back out until she felt better. I did not leave my apartment for four months. I did not go outside. The fact that she didn't recover more quickly was frustrating. This thing was supposed to last a few weeks, then go away. But as stories started coming out about the lengthy illness trajectory now recognized as long-haul COVID, Amanda recognized that's what she had. I just got myself into this mindset of, I am an indoor cat now. At this point in the story, I want to say Amanda is not a quiet person who likes to keep to herself. She's no shrinking violet by a long shot. She proudly sports a bald head. It's hard to forget a bald lady. I have to be in my good behavior all the time. She used to be an opera singer, and she has a dramatic makeup aesthetic, including bright red lipstick. When we meet at the campground, Amanda bounces onto the scene like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. And she loves regaling company when she has it with tales of many past lives, occupations, and adventures. When I was eight, I said, I want to be an archaeologist. And then I got to college and I was like, I don't know what flavor of archaeology. I got to work at my other favorite place, the Magic House. If you, That's my jam. <laughs> I always keep like vials of bubbles in my pocket and stickers. Oh, it's your birthday, Billy. Have some bubbles. Yeah, buddy. A girl, actually a girl I used to babysit. She was like, you should come here. And I was like, nah. But I thought about it. You know what? Let's just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's go to Kansas City and check it out. And I love it here. So yeah, she didn't go outside for four months. 
at the time we didn't know like you know, when when do I stop being contagious? I don't know. Um, and if I get sick with anything else on top of this as damaged as my lungs were at the time, that would that would do me that might do me in as well. The problem was you can't deliver groceries from home. It's not a work from home kind of job. All of my income leading into that was gig work. I didn't have a regular nine to five, 40 hour a week job. There's no paid time off when you're doing gig work. You work or you lose your home. Of course, even before COVID-19 forced her to stop working, Amanda was awfully close to a financial ledge. It seems like you're making a lot, but it all just goes into your gas tank or into, you know, getting food on the go or something because you don't have time to cook three meals a day when you're out doing deliveries like that. But she had to make up the lost income somehow. I was like, gosh, I have to think of something. I have to think of something that I can do from home. For a while, she taught online classes for kids, but fatigue intervened. I could barely sit down without falling asleep. And she spent the summer of 2020 in a fog. As fall approached, Amanda had fallen behind on her rent. And with a month and a half remaining on her lease, the management of her apartment complex notified her that it would not be renewed. There's, there was nothing to argue. It's the end of a business contract. By then, she'd become part of a tight-knit online community of fellow long-haul patients. That July, in search of support and information, she'd launched a Facebook group called COVID-19 Long Haulers. When I started the Facebook support group, realizing, oh my God, I'm not alone. There are two other people I know of. Let's start a group. We'll find 50 people and be miserable. The group's gotten big, like thousands of people big, and there are many more like it. But even though the physical toll of this condition is still what sufferers were initially trying to understand in these groups, at a certain point, the financial toll became equally pressing, with lingering illness preventing many long haulers from returning to work. That online community they formed became more than a clearinghouse for information. It became a mutual aid society. After losing her apartment, Amanda started crashing with one fellow long hauler after another. They helped each other when they could. But the anxiety of crowded living conditions in a pandemic, it got to be too much. I was not in a good place mentally. One night in June of this year, Amanda decided to make a change. She'd been staying in a friend's basement and made what might seem like kind of a desperate decision to head for Weston Bend State Park about an hour north of Kansas City. I was just like, you know what? If I'm in a tent, no one is breathing my air. I'm just going to go to my place. Weston Bend is its just, I don't know. It's always been my happy place. So I just went there. From Amanda's point of view, this isn't the sad part of the story. There's no overstating how much she loves Weston Bend State Park. She's been coming here regularly for 26 years. Nestled in rolling hills with a glorious leaf canopy overhead, the campsite is tucked inside the expansive park where Lewis and Clark once famously explored. Even though for other people this is just, oh my gosh, is that safe? Of course it's safe. There's a gate up there. It's locked at night. Amanda has stopped driving due to neurological issues. She still gets disoriented, but her energy levels are way up. She says she'll figure out a new way to make a living one day, but it won't be grocery delivery. It wasn't working to begin with. In the meantime, she keeps plenty busy making video testimonials on social media about the experiences of COVID long haulers like herself. I got 
even screamier when, once I got out to Weston Bend, um, I started leaving video comments instead of typing them in like, no, you're going to look at me. You're going to see my face and I'm going to tell you something. And you're going to listen to it. Her videos have gotten some interesting traction. She caught the attention of CNN International's Michael Holmes, who interviewed her in April, and Atlantic science writer Ed Young, who quoted her in an extensive article about long haulers worldwide. Amanda's goal is to remind the world that COVID long haulers are still here, that for all we know at this point, anyone could join their ranks, and they need a solution, more robust than friends helping friends one emergency at a time. Amanda says she has friends worse off than she is. One of those friends died this summer because he didn't have $60 for medicine. His name was Jake. She brings him up a lot. This is ridiculous. We are literally dying um, because we can't afford to live. This is unacceptable. And what she's doing now is not what most people would call practical. She's basically suspended in a giant trust fall doing advocacy without knowing what will sustain her or for how long. Something falls through, something else comes along. She doesn't have her own apartment, but she does have a scenic overlook facing the Missouri River. She takes me to see it. That's my river. At some point soon, though, this idyllic landing place might not seem so idyllic after all. The leaves are changing color and swirling to the ground. Winter is coming, and that little cabin with the bathroom and laundry, it's already closed for the season. That's it. Thanks for listening to Real Humans. It's based on a column I write for KCUR.org. Gabe Rosenberg edits the column, and Mackenzie Martin produces the podcast with help this week from Byron Love and music from Blue Dot Sessions. You can subscribe to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review if you want. We'd love to know what you think. Until next week, take it easy, Casey. Casey.